0: Head over to Bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, you your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt.
1: I am Dory.
0: Uh, here we are in the heat, uh, it's very hot, it's a hundred and some odd degrees here. We're
1: in the heat of the moment.
0: We've got a lot of the heat that came from the Midwest, so thank you Midwest for getting that three days earlier than us. And, uh, oh, just, it's just, you know, it's like the initial days of the lockdown, where you just don't want to go outside even.
1: Yeah pretty rough
0: it's too hot let's be honest um the earth is fucked um we're past the point of no return um but you know those oil magnates got to get rich so everything's fine thank god hope you've seen uh, glaciers in your life because they're gone um i hope you've uh I hope you bought pretty, you know. I hope you were like, I don't want to spend the money to be right on the water. I'd like to be like 18 blocks back because, congratulations, you'll be on the water uh, once the uh, sea level rises enough. And, uh, you know, at least hurricane season hasn't been bad. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been horrible.
1: Wow, you're really. Well, the winter's not going to be
0: terrible, it'll be horrible. (laughs) Really? Hope you like extreme temperatures okay. in either direction.
1: All right. You should start a climate change podcast where you just rant about.
0: I only do nonfiction. That's right. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm a climate change <coughs> Anyway. Wow. Well, look, here we are. Yep. Two weeks uh, into work, and, uh, you know, I mean, it was 100 and something on Friday at work.
1: Because you were on location. We were
0: up in North Hollywood. uh, You know, the surface of the sun. Um, I mean, it was just, it's just like awful. That plus the N95 plus the hat and the face shield. Yeah. Uh, And then like it would sweat into my eyes so much that my eyes would be blurry. My my right eye would be useless by the end of the day. Oh, God. But we got it done. Pretty much. <laughs> anyway. Um I mean I, I wish I had a lot to report, but I don't because like, you know, the week goes by and all I've done is work. Yeah. So I've got I've got nothing.
1: You did you did remark that Henry seemed to have changed.
0: <sighs> yep. He seemed to have changed for the worse. What? No. Uh yeah, he seems more independent. Uh, it's weird. Like, it's a big change, honestly. And I didn't... You know, Dory doesn't see it. But I do. Because I don't see him during the week. So five days later, he's like... He's really like... Into... Himself. And not really himself. But like, I mean, think about the fact that like... He hasn't begged me to pick him up to pick to touch the dryer. True. Like, in two days.
1: But, you know, I think that could also be because you haven't been here. So, like, he's not getting picked up to touch it as much. So, he's kind of...
0: Okay, but, like, but he's fine.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And, like, today he picked up his book and, like, didn't bring it to me to read to him. He just brought it over to the other pile of books and put it on top. Mm. So, and he quietly plays like he doesn't, yeah. he wasn't doing that. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, we've been working Not on for that.
0: nearly as long a period of time as he was today and yesterday. Yeah. You know? Other than his like devilish look when he's slamming things against the window. Yeah. Um, It's, it's, I think, you know. What have you been doing all week? I'm like I haven't I don't have anything to say and then Dory's like well say the, the other thing that's gonna make you talk a lot. <laughs> Over to you, Dory.
1: Well, I've just been I've been I've been working all week on my book.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> get those pre-orders in.
1: Get those pre-orders in. You can go to linktree slash Dory It's l i n k t r dot e e slash dory shafrir and i have a bunch of different links to pre-order my book it is greatly 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 appreciated if you do that pre-order
0: when's it due? when's your book due, honey
1: um a week from tomorrow
0: uh-huh and how do you feel
1: i feel okay
0: good that's like that's better than i thought i thought you were gonna be like i feel like it's never gonna get done
1: I feel like it's v- it's close um so yeah I feel like it's close
0: um that's good
1: and I'm feeling I mean overall I'm feeling better about it than I used to I realize I'm not really selling it right now but I was in a phase a few months ago where I was like oh I'm never gonna finish my book right and then I
0: just was like l- like living a lie just like, mm, I guess I'm on the lam from my advance. I hope they don't want it back because this book's never coming out.
1: I did not that was say kind that. kind of
0: what she was acting like, though. She kept wearing sunglasses and had a trench coat <laughs> with the collar flipped up. She was like, if anyone asks for me, you don't know me. I
1: did get a new ID in a different name. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. Just
0: in case. And dyed my hair blonde. Who's this? Who's the, who's the publisher? And got plastic surgery. Phantom? Ballantine. Ballantine. The beer company? No. Oh, because that's what Martin used to drink on uh, Frasier. Oh. His Ballantines.
1: Well, there's a publishing company called Ballantine.
0: Oh, exciting Frasier connection. Just <laughs> discovered here on the <laughs> podcast.
1: Um, yeah, so that's kind of what, what I've been up to. Nothing very exciting, I have to say.
0: Yeah, I don't know what you want from us, people. I mean, look, you want a Noom update? Uh, uh, what am I, I, mean, I guess I'm down 14 pounds from last Saturday. Or not last Saturday, two Saturdays ago. Let's not be crazy here, people. Um, it's going all right. I mean, look, it's easy. When you're walking around all the time at work, it's not a problem to get those 10,000 steps in. But I will say this weekend, it's a disaster because...
1: it's so hot it's
0: too hot to go anywhere or do anything it's not like I can drive to a mall and do some old people laps yeah because malls aren't open yeah so
1: you could go to Target
0: I could do some laps at Target in my mask Mm -hmm. sounds exciting
1: yep pretty cool
0: uh thought about a Costco trip but we have a child so you can't really do things anymore it's (laughs) over
1: you're just coming to this realization Anyone out there is
0: <laughs> like uh, I'm going to listen to this IVF podcast Because I think I want a child Just know that you'll have the love of a child And uh, it'll fill your heart uh, With joy But your life will be over The end
1: I think people know that
0: Okay, well, I just like want to reiterate it
1: Did you not know that?
0: I mean, I kind of knew it Yeah, Like I was a little bit aware of it Right and then the reality sets in where it's just like oh let's focus on this blob that can't talk. <laughs> He's it, his 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 enjoyability is increasing.
1: He is getting a lot more fun.
0: He's getting a l- whoa, a lot is an <laughs> overstatement. He's getting a little more enjoyable. He's ador- always always been adorable. You know, but he's, like, developing... uh, I don't want to say that his personality is developing because I feel like it has been developing the entire time, but, like, um, he's able to express his personality more than he previously was. Yes.
1: How would you describe his personality?
0: Uh... organized chaos Mm. like you know he needs things to be in their place Mm -hmm. but he also doesn't mind just sitting still and shaking his head back and forth making noise Mm -hmm. in a a chaotic fashion Mm -hmm. you know he's interesting it's interesting whatever i get 12 hours a week with him so what do i know you know more than i do
1: but i asked you
0: yeah well why are you asking me it's obvious that i'm like out of things to say about the world wow why don't you talk
1: okay so
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like two people have never done a podcast before i don't know what's happened to us this weekend i think Uh, the heat's getting to us in all honesty it's
1: very warm
0: it's so hot it's gross I don't even know if anybody out there like I mean it's 114 or what was it yesterday in Burbank in, in the valley
1: st- we drove th- I drove through Studio City yesterday with Henry because I just needed to like get out of the house. And we ended up in the valley. yeah it was 113 according to my car.
0: like what why?
1: And yet there were people sitting outside eating on Ventura Boulevard. Like that I did not understand. How is it pleasant to be eating at a restaurant? How are you so
0: desperate? for restaurants that you're going to eat outside on the busiest street in the valley in 113 degree noon sun, like midday sun. It
1: really was confusing to me.
0: I just don't understand it. I hate the weather so (laughs) much. My ideal temperature, do you remember?
1: 47 degrees.
0: Is that what it was? I think it was. I thought it was 57 Maybe it is forty-seven. I
1: thought it was forty-seven. That
0: feels right to me. (laughs) If 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 you know of anywhere that's usually forty-seven degrees, let me know. It's Reykjavik. I'll move.
1: It's Reykjavik. You want to live in Reykjavik?
0: I don't see why we can't. I mean, besides obvious things of like immigration, (laughs) um, the hassle. But -hmm. like Iceland, the Iceland to Boston is not probably not a long flight. No,
1: it's not long at all. Actually
0: like what, an hour and a half?
1: It's like 20 minutes.
0: That's not 20 minutes.
1: No, it's six hours. Five or six hours.
0: Reykjavik? Yeah, Reykjavik to, to Boston. To Boston is six hours? Yeah. That can't be right.
1: Pretty sure.
0: That can't be right.
1: All right, I'm going to look it up. Because
0: Boston to London is five and a half hours.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, she's typing it into her flights.net or whatever it is she's on. <laughs> Her deal catcher. Her There's
1: a government travel restriction, <laughs> so it, it can't look it up.
0: <laughs> Why don't you just type how long is the flight from? There's, it's the restriction is not lifted ever, so you'll never be able to book oh, this.
1: Okay. All right.
0: There's not. They're not going to be scheduling this.
1: How flight. long is the flight, flight from
0: Boston, from to, Boston Reykjavik to Reykjavik, Iceland?
1: Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Here we go. Five hours and 15 minutes.
0: That's wild. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Greenland.
1: <laughs> Different place. Yeah.
0: I'm definitely <laughs> thinking of Greenland.
1: I mean, Greenland is probably also pretty cold.
0: How fi- How long is the flight to Greenland? <laughs> Who goes to Greenland? Are there,
1: gr- are there flights to Can Greenland? Can you
0: go to Greenland? Are you living in Green? Do we have Five any... Five
1: hours, six minutes.
0: What? My concept of the earth is way (laughs) off
1: it's 4124 kilometers from Boston yes to Greenland
0: well how long is the flight from Boston to London oh boy I guess you're just going more north rather than west
1: six and a half hours it
0: doesn't ever feel like six and a half hours okay it always feels like it takes as long to fly across the country Like the L.A. to Boston.
1: Well, Boston to L.A. is about six and a half hours. Because it's longer going west.
0: Because of the jet stream. Yeah. Hmm. Are you a pilot? Do you (laughs) want to write in and tell us how long it takes you to get to (laughs) Iceland?
1: (laughs) From Topeka, Kansas. Are you in
0: the Icelandic government? Willing to lift the travel restriction for my wife, child, and dog. (laughs) And I. We will move there. We'll live behind the big Lebowski-themed bar.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) I bet Bo would like Iceland.
0: Uh, I'm sure he would. I think we can all agree that we should be living in Iceland. Would you be happy to live in Iceland? Me? Yes.
1: I don't... I actually don't know.
0: What if we lived on a mini horse farm?
1: Yes, I would be. Then
0: you'd be very happy, yes. right? What don't you know? Why don't you think you'd be happy living in Iceland?
1: Because how would I make friends? Who would I know?
0: You would just do the podcast. That's it? That's it. That's how you make friends. Guess what? That's how we all have friends <laughs> right now. Just by the so virtue of recording a I podcast. I would just
1: be in lockdown forever, but I would just be in Iceland.
0: You'd be in lockdown forever, but you'd have mini horses mm-hmm. and when you bought cool ranch doritos they the flavor would be cool american
1: okay i can so. i can get down with that all right well all right
0: we'll we'll take a break if you want to write into us you can do it dory and matt at gmail or matt and dory at gmail you can call us leave a voicemail 413-461-baby
1: wow that's like the first time you've ever gotten it right on the first try at
0: star trek tnc pod <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs>
1: Um, all right, we'll be right
0: back. That might also be the wrong address for that podcast. But okay. I got our e- this email address right. You did.
1: Okay, nice thank
0: you. Do you live in Iceland? Would you like to have us live with you? Write <laughs> in to mattanddoryatgmail.com or dorianmaddoryatgmail.com. I appreciate your time, and we'll be right back.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
0: Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So, whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com.
0: Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombus Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase, okay we're back uh so far we have not heard from iceland
1: no we haven't
0: now but we have heard from you in email form dory who's first up in the in the mailbag
1: well we heard from a few people about the listener who wrote in last week whose husband was not able to perform on the day of her retrieval
0: on this the day of her retrieval yes do you remember that I do. I was th- I was thinking about it today when I was watching baseball, and they had an ad for that men's uh, health thing, Roman. Oh, yeah, Roman. Mm-hmm. And they were like, 52% of men experience erectile dysfunction. And then I thought of that guy. Oh, interesting.
1: <laughs> well, our first email about this is from KC, who writes, Hello again, Shafrira family. I had to pause the pod for the listeners. Husband was unable to provide a sample on retrieval day. To say IVF is stressful enough, and it's not that unusual for guys to have trouble managing under those circumstances without adding in all that other stuff you had going on. How devastating for you and probably humiliating for your husband, even if he didn't say it. But unless there's a larger issue with your husband's sperm, you shouldn't need to jump to a donor. My first thought was WTF was your clinic thinking. This is a contingency that our clinic plans for by having an advanced sample frozen before the cycle even starts. They know that not only are there some days that the guy just can't produce, but sometimes things happen that prevent him from even getting to the clinic on time or at all. Having the backup sample takes all that pressure off, and if they don't end up needing it, they just destroy it. I just assumed that was the norm for all clinics. Words to the wise for those just starting down this path, path. Ask your clinic to freeze a backup sample in advance.
0: Guys, first of all, thank God there's contingency plans out there. Second of all, I just want to point out that my wife... Who wrote this rundown? Decided to write that I finished my first week of work. Oops. You know, it's been two weeks. She doesn't even see me. I'm not seen.
1: I've I've lost all track of time. You know, what? I think that was leftover from probably the heat. I think that was leftover from last week, and I forgot to delete it.
0: But why does the, then why is it? It's hot as fuck.
1: Because I added that. And forgot to delete the rest of it because hmm. the pre-order thing for my book was from last week. Also, oh
0: my god, everyone's tired of hearing your book. God, well,
1: I hope they're getting used to it for another <laughs> six months. <laughs> um, all right, next we'll hear from Lauren, who writes, "Hi Dorian Matt, I met you almost three years ago in Austin at at Social Punchbowl. It was Punchbowl social?" social punch bowl oh that was you not me i have red hair because
0: i was like (coughs) i didn't go to a social punch bowl
1: oh yeah i I remember (laughs) her in november 2017 our second transfer worked and we now have a two-year-old in october 2019 we got a surprise when i found out i was pregnant without intervention now we also have a two-month-old we did ivf due to male infertility i guess it only takes one Anyhow, the reason I'm writing in is because of the listener whose husband was unable to ejaculate in the cup so they could fertilize her eggs and do a fresh transfer. We used my husband's frozen sperm to fertilize my eggs. I told our RE that there was no way in hell my husband could be relied upon to produce a sample of the day on the day of the retrieval. It was hard enough getting him to do it just for the three to four semen analyses that we did. We had 15 eggs. Seven of the fertilized what, eggs what, made it to five days what, what
0: What's going on with your husband that he's so unreliable regarding... Because, first of all, I mean, I was in... I don't even want to talk about it. Whatever. Like, I, they were going to make me fly from New York or cancel going to work at California Fertility Partners. And, I'm, and now we're just hearing from, a, from people who are like, you know, there's other ways to do this.
1: They, they were adamant that we could not freeze your sperm.
0: Well, it was terrible. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Seven of the fertilized eggs made it to five-day blast. We did not PGS test. Our second transfer worked. We now have five frozen embryos left. My point is that Ari had no issue with us using frozen sperm. Obviously, it worked. That way, her husband could provide the sample without the pressure. He ended up having to do it twice due to the first sample not being very good. I wish the listener the best of luck. My, my husband, myself, two kids, one dog, three cats, living in 2,737 square feet in Austin, Texas.
0: Did, has Austin had the, had the heat wave?
1: Austin's just hot all the time.
0: Like, How, how hot is it right now?
1: Mm, let me look that up.
0: I mean, I'll look it up. You're busy. Okay. You, you, you're you trying to run a show. I, I'm I just, am. I'm just asking random questions. And yet,
1: I somehow also have to look everything I'm up. I'm like,
0: mm, like, I wonder this thing. Look it up.
1: As though he doesn't have a computer right there.
0: We need, uh, we should have a person here who's doing that. Do we have a, can we get a producer? Bo? Finally. <laughs> is Bo in here? I can't tell.
1: Yeah, he's behind us. Oh, <laughs> last night I was like, "Is Bo with you?" Because I had to open the gate,
0: and then I was—I looked like left, like right. I was like, "Nope." And
1: so I like go outside. I'm like, "Where's Bo?" I'm like looking for him, and then poke my head into Matt's office. Lo and behold, Bo's in here, just right behind just Matt,
0: laying right behind me. Yep, Bo's been real uh, lazy about it. The heat is uh, affecting our poor doggo. I
1: know, poor Bo. All right, this is from Irina who says, hi, Matt and Dory. First, thanks for answering my question about the second child a couple of weeks ago. I'm 92
0: in Austin right now. That's oh. nothing.
1: I appreciate the input and I've decided to let it go, donate what we have and talk to my mom about putting a lid on it for now. Anyway, I wanted to write in again in response to this week's letter response to where the writer talked about having Hashimoto's and getting hyperthyroid after giving birth. Well, it happened to me. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism at 17 after having period issues. I went on Synthroid and birth control pills for years, then lost hundred pounds in my early twenties and my thyroid issues kind of just went away. I'm honestly not sure what happened, but I had a few years where I didn't have health insurance and therefore couldn't afford my Synthroid and was kind of a mess. So didn't care. Then by the time I got my shit together and went to the doctor again, my thyroid was seemingly normal. Here's the weird part. Hashimoto's disease is an autoimmune disorder, which means I still had it, but my thyroid was normal And I took no medication for 10 years. Then I met my husband and we started trying to get pregnant in early 2019. And after four months of trying had success, but I miscarried at six weeks and my doctor did blood work and discovered that my hypothyroid issues were back. I was put on Synthroid again and we conceived a few months later. Our baby boy was born at the end of March throughout pregnancy. I went to the endocrinologist often because they suspected that I miscarried due to thyroid issues. What both my OB and my endocrinologist said is that sometimes pregnancy can shift things around and kick up new or old health-slash-thyroid issues, which is what happened with my previously dormant hypothyroidism. I was monitored closely, and my dose was upped a couple of times in pregnancy. However, my endocrinologist suspected that I'd need to lower my dose of Synthroid after giving birth, and recommended I go down to just six pills a week instead of seven after my baby arrived. I then had blood work done at two months postpartum. And my endo called me and told me to go down to five pills. Well, I had more blood work and a follow-up appointment at four months postpartum. My thyroid was now hyperthyroid. So long story short, it happens. My endocrinologist explained that Hashimoto's and Graves' disease, what it's called when you, have a hi- when you have a hyperthyroid, can fluctuate throughout your life and pregnancy can change things. So now we think my thyroid is stable again and my endocrinologist has had me stop the synthroid to see if it'll normalize. Basically, they think that it'll just go back to being a dormant autoimmune disease and I won't need Synthroid again. I have blood work again at six months postpartum in a month and I'm hoping that I'll be back to where I was for 10 years and not have to take medication. I'd recommend you talk to your doctor about this possibility and see what they say. They will likely need to monitor you a little closely for a while to see how things develop. Hope this helps. Irina in Florida in an 1,100 square foot house with a husband, five-month-old baby boy, seven-year-old border collie, and a three-year-old kitty.
0: I like that people who write in with their own questions end up writing in when the signals go off. Totally. It <laughs> might just be eight of us listening with all variety of fertility problems.
1: Yep. <laughs> we just rotate. It's
0: just the, it's one anonymous person that has had Everything. a shit run.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. We did get a voicemail about thyroid stuff, so I'm going to play that right now. Hey, Matt and
2: Dory. It's Kalen from Colorado. Wanted to share my uh, uh, responding to the thyroid egg signal, here's my journey real quick. I got diagnosed with um, hyperthyroid about nine years ago, um, and the Hashimoto's grave disease, Graves disease, all in one. My heart rate was out of control. My numbers were wild. They tried to control it with medication for about a year and a half, and it didn't really respond, Um, so they decided that it was best to have it removed, so I had my thyroid removed in, like, 2012, Um, and now I'm realizing my timeline is a bit off because pandemic timelines suck. Anyways had my thyroid removed a long time ago it sucked um but whatever survived day in the hospital um or two days total and um a really ugly scar um the result of that is that i have to take Synthroid every morning the deal with that to supplement to you know recreate my thyroid. So the deal with that is as soon as I get up, I put it under my tongue and it um, melts faster, I guess, gets into your system faster, and so I'm not supposed to drink or eat anything for, like, 20 to 30 minutes. So it's basically how long it takes for, you know, it to dissolve under my tongue and for the coffee to process uh, brewing. So I have to take that every morning. And then... Um, As far as pregnancy, I got pregnant natural with my son um, pretty much immediately after going off birth control, so I don't feel like there's any um, complications with getting pregnant with that. I didn't have an issue. Um, I had to take double the Synthroid while I was pregnant, and then I slowly um, went back to my regular dose about six months after he was born. Um, It took a while to get my levels right, and I could definitely feel my hormones all over the place. And, you know, thyroids make you crazy, really. But um, that's my story um, in terms of uh, being a person that's had to have their thyroid removed because it just was not behaving properly. So um, that's always an option. Um, The other... option I have was radioactive iodine which a lot of people do but that leaves you know chemicals in your
0: radioactive chemicals
1: yeah she got cut off she didn't call back so
0: I mean we'll never know a wealth of information yep uh human body's weird
1: I was thinking that too (laughs) as she was talking I I was
0: um, I was ta- we were playing. I was playing poker the other night. Doc, you know we have a doctor who plays with us. You know, you don't know your people who don't know <laughs> who I'm playing poker with. But he, we were talking. Somehow we ended up talking about gonorrhea, mm-hmm. and he was like, he was like, you know, it's uh, you gotta get that treated because you know with women it can it can it can really affect the. Uh, the fallopian tubes and you end up with the horrible fertility problems um and i was just like it's oh, so wild and then he's like guys though it seems like you know they just it just dries up i don't know <laughs> and i was like wait a second <laughs> you're a doctor
1: it just dries up <laughs> that's what he said like your semen just dries up no
0: no no it's fine guys, uh, you know huh
1: anyway so guys just probably unwittingly spread it it was, uh,
0: it was a. it was a Oh, you're just talking about all disease.
1: I know. It's so horrible. Guys suck.
0: Um, But like uh, this point of that story was there's so much that can fuck with the fertility.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: The point of that story was not that guys suck. So, (laughs) I mean, I take what you will from it. Live and learn.
1: Well, it's just interesting that you say it can basically, like, ruin a woman's life if she wanted to get pregnant. But for guys, it's like, meh.
0: Or if you're a woman who has chosen not to have children ever, Mm -hmm. it can make your life easier. You're welcome.
1: (coughs) All right. One more email.
0: Two sides of the same coin.
1: It's from Anonymous. I have a beautiful 13-month-old science baby girl. My husband and I just paid for a frozen embryo transfer that we are getting ready to do at the end of September. My husband, unfortunately, has a strong history of cancer within his family. On his dad's side, his father, grandfather, and uncle all had prostate cancer. His father and I believe either his uncle or grandfather died of it. Father was in his 60s when he passed, which was about six years ago. His mother also passed away last year of uterine cancer. His aunt and grandmother on his mom's side are still alive and have no cancer history. I've always been nervous of passing on this risk to our children, but I've done my best to keep it out of my head. Recently my husband's cousin on my mom's side, on his mom's side came down with a rare neurologic disease. During all the testing they did on his cousin, he came up positive for a genetic mutation causing the disease called hereditary spastic paraplegia. The doctors don't believe this is causing the symptoms and may just be an incidental finding. Anyway, it sparked me to consult a genetic counselor to see if this is something we need to be concerned about prior to our transfer. Long story short, the counselor thought this was very low risk that it would affect our child given the distance of a single cousin being affected. She was much more focused on the strong cancer history in my husband's family and suggested we speak with a cancer geneticist to see if he's a carrier of any markers. Also said we could have the option of testing our frozen embryos if anything came up positive and select embryos to transfer without those markers. Obviously not an easy thing to do. Would require thawing slash biopsying slash finding a lab to do that specific testing. For some background, we have 23 frozen embryos currently in storage, two of which we know are genetically normal, just basic PGS testing, one boy and one girl. This all brought up a lot of emotion for me. Part of me wonders why we weren't encouraged to do this prior to, my, to our daughter's transfer. I do recall meeting with a genetic counselor before and going over my husband's family's history, but I can't recall why we didn't explore doing this before so that I could remove any worry and guilt I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. And now I'm very torn about moving forward with the second transfer. However, I absolutely hate the idea of delaying it. I feel very strongly about wanting my kids to be close in age and already feel like I've delayed the timeline as my clinic requires one year since birth. And also I recently stopped breastfeeding. If we went down the route of testing my husband and biopsying, testing the Ambrose, I feel it could put us six months out. And it seems almost unfair to do this for my future kids and not have it done for my daughter. Although now that I have her, I wouldn't want her any other way. Am I wrong to think this way? Am I overthinking this? Should I put this out of my head and continue on with the original plan of the September transfer? According to my husband, you can't fix everything. There's always going to be some risk and something to worry about with raising our children. Therefore, he's in the camp of don't test and continue with our plan. I'm interested in your thoughts and the opinion of the audience or if there are any similar stories out there. Obviously, if I do decide to go down the testing road, I have to decide ASAP before starting the cycle in just a week or two. I'm leaning towards keeping the plan, but wanting to feel better about that decision. This feels like such a weighted decision on my shoulders, which could potentially change my kid's future for the better. And me being a control freak makes me feel like it's my duty as a mom to do everything possible to protect any future children of mine. Sorry for the long winded emails. Thanks in advance for your thoughts and opinions. I love you guys. Anonymous. One husband, one wife on one month old girl, one pound golden doodle in approximately 3000 square feet, Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, I mean, sometimes you just gotta... You can't... I mean, look, if you spend time worrying about every possible thing that could go wrong in... in, Not just IVF, but in life. I mean... What are you going to do? Turn your kid into an agoraphobe who can't leave the house? Because they might get hit by a car. Or they might, you know... Uh, one of those... Uh, some plane might drop their toilet waste... And it hits them. You know what I mean? It's like.
1: Yeah, I take your point, but I I don't think that that's like totally the situation here.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's me extrapolating. That's really boiling the situation down. She calls herself a control freak, right? Yes. She's saying that she has guilt now for not not having done that with her daughter, but now also saying I would not have changed anything about my daughter. And now she's talking about the fact that she's so worried about this. That she, d- but not worried enough to just forget about the timeline and wait six months. Right. So it all feels like she wants her cake and to eat it too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're, you're not treating her with very much empathy. You're being kind of harsh. Mm.
0: You know, it's probably because I started seeing my therapist again, Uh huh. but let's really just drill down here. And figure out what the fuck is going on.
1: (laughs) Well, I agree with you on the timeline thing. I think, you know, if there's one thing that we learn, we all learn from doing IVF is that like you got to let go of of anything having to do with the timeline.
0: If I had paper around, I would do a sound effect of what you should. Here's what you can all do with your timelines.
1: And like gone. I hear, We wanted
0: to have a baby so long ago.
1: <laughs> I hear you on wanting your kids to be close in age, but honestly, if they are six months farther apart, it's not going to affect them one way or the other. Like, Correct. it's really not. Correct. So I, I personally would let that part of it go. Like, don't take that into consideration.
0: Also, here's the thing. This gene that your husband may or may not be carrying, or, or marker that your husband may or may not be carrying... I mean it's like actually a little worried about your husband,
1: <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing she can do about it now, exactly, right,
0: so have the kid,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I would lean towards having a kid, but I feel like the but last time but the last time we said that when the person was the cystic fibrosis carrier, you know, someone wrote in and said, like I have a kid who had a lot of issues, mm-hmm. and like kind of like how dare you tell them to just try naturally so well
0: that's not a how dare i mean look i get their perspective as well but also i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying have a kid with problems on purpose right i'm sort of at some point everyone as much as we love science we gotta roll the dice
1: yeah i mean i personally would probably would i personally would not test i think i would i would just
0: and if to the uh to the emailer if 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 if, if you really think that it will drive you to worry constantly then wait the six months get the testing yep. done but All right. then my question is Oop. like, what if every embryo is carrying that marker? Yeah, well, then that's, what do you a, that's
1: do? a good question.
0: Then do you just go with it? Because I believe right. in the last, second to last sentence of that email, if I remember correctly, I believe she said, proceed with the timeline anyway. Yeah. So to me, that means that she said she would genetically test, know that they had the markers, and then just go ahead anyway.
1: So then why bother testing? And
0: yes. If that's what you were saying, then right. why bother testing?
1: All, All right, right. we um, have to take a break. We honey. do, but I'd love to hear from from other listeners about what their thoughts are on this.
0: All right, we'll be right back.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, hello fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hello, we're back.
1: Hi. Uh, all right, we're going to kick off with the voicemail.
0: I love a voicemail kickoff.
3: Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Stacy. Long-time listener, first-time caller. This is a voice memo. Yeah, is. I just wanted to call in after hearing um, some of people's traumatic miscarriage stories. I um, unfortunately joined that club in November, um, got pregnant for the first time in my life after our second round of IVF, um, and then at seven weeks, we went for an ultrasound, and we're told that the it looked like the embryo had stopped growing, um, a few days before. So we were given the option of waiting for a natural miscarriage or having a DNC. And, you know, I'd never been through this before. So, um, I went on the Facebook group. I think I was, I think I went to the spinoff group, the pregnancy and childbirth, um, Spin off group because, of course, I had very excitedly joined that group once I got my positive pregnancy test, not knowing that I wouldn't be in there very long. But um, anyway, people's almost unanimous advice in there was to have the DNC, and I'm so thankful that um, people told me that. Just hearing some of these other stories, I don't know that I could have, you know, how I would have handled a natural miscarriage, but the DNC was you know I still had some pain afterward but it was nothing like I've heard other people talk about um, with natural miscarriages and the DNC was actually covered by my insurance nothing else IVF related ever has been but that was and um, everybody at the clinic was just so kind and it was you know pretty easy procedure physically at least not emotionally but um, and then the, a good thing for us, too, is we had not done genetic testing because we only ended up with one blastocyst, so we just went ahead and transferred it. But um, because we did a DNC, they, the doctor went ahead and did genetic testing on the embryo after the fact just to see sort of why, you know, what went wrong. And um, it was kind of a, a comfort to me to find out that it had an unsurvivable trisomy issue Um that my body didn't just eject a perfectly healthy, you know, what would have been a perfectly healthy baby, which was kind of my fear. So, um, so that was good to, to find out too. So those are just some of the advantages of having a DNC. Um, you know, if, if any of the listeners find themselves in that position of the future of having to make that choice, which unfortunately a lot of us do, um, I would definitely recommend a DNC and I'm thankful that people in the Facebook group did that for me too. So, um, I just wanted to say that. And then, um, on a much lighter note, I had a question for Matt. Well, um, I have two wonderful stepsons who are ages eight and 10 and, um, I've gotten to over the last three years of marriage, introduce them to a lot of the pop culture stuff that I grew up with and my husband grew up with. But, one thing that we haven't gotten them into yet is Star Trek, and we would really like to because my husband and I both loved it growing up. Um, like, I can't remember a time of Star Trek not being in my life. My, my middle name is Nichelle, because after Nichelle yeah. Nichols, because my mom was such a huge Trekkie. Um, but, so I was just wondering if you had an opinion on what is the best series or movie or anything Star Trek-related to introduce them at this age, um like we've tried showing them some some things from like the 70s and 80s Uh that we grew up on that they say oh that's weird that's cheesy yeah and so i don't know if the original series if because of the you know like the bad special effects and sort of how different it is from the tv shows that they see now if they would not like that so maybe if we should do next generation or i think ds9 would be too dark Uh um But, yeah, so I'm sort of torn between how is the best way to introduce them to Star Trek, because I really want hope that they would love it as much as we do. Um, We've all bonded over Star Wars, but I would love for Star Trek to be a part of their lives, too. So I would appreciate any advice on that. And then I just wanted to say good luck to you guys on trying for baby number two. Um, We are about to do a final egg retrieval um actually coming up in a couple weeks to give it one more shot um am um, weird that my husband and i are the same age as you dory so kind of don't oh, want to keep trying endlessly. Oldies. But um, our doctor was optimistic since i did get pregnant once that maybe it can happen again if we can just get a healthy embryo so we're gonna give it the old college try um so best of luck to you guys and um yeah, I'm Stacy, near Charleston, South Carolina, in 2,300 square feet with a husband, two 8- and 10-year-old boys, and a 50-pound rescue dog. Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: Uh, so Stacy, I would think back, like, when I, eight, 8 and 10, think back to when you were 8 and 10. I would start with a couple of the lighter episodes of, of the original series. Like, honestly, like, uh, Trouble with Tribbles would probably be a good one, uh, I know when I was a kid, I liked the Trouble with Tribbles and a piece of the action, which is the one where they go to a 1940s gangster planet. <laughs> uh, those are from the original series, and then on, and then from there, honestly, my favorite Star Trek movie growing up was uh, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, uh, which has a lot of lighter, funnier moments in it. You know, it's 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 the crew of the Enterprise traveling back to 1984 Five San Francisco, so it's a lot of uh, fun there. Like when uh, Kirk says "double dumbass" on you, when the taxi driver almost hits him and calls him a dumbass. (laughs) Oh, it's good times. It's really funny. Uh, And then, as far as like the TNG stuff, I'm trying to even think about what would be a good one. I mean, because hard to know like look when i was 8 i had like i saw terminator 2 when i was 7 in the movie theater so i'm like a hard i'm, a high, I'm i i i have a different a curve than most um but um tng stuff you know how about the q episodes how about like qpid or true q or like the later Q stuff, um, Q who? I'm trying to think. Of what the hell was the guys? Help me out. Oh, Data's Day. Also, I really enjoyed. That was another good light. So that's how. That's sort of what I would do. I go with the lighter fare, like the lighter, funnier episodes, and uh, give give that a whirl. I really am interested in how they would feel about uh, Trouble with triples. I have yet to attempt to even show my wife a Star Trek episode. So,
1: should we start with the Trouble Tribbles?
0: I wonder how you'd feel about that nineteen sixties NBC. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think you'd. I don't think you'd ever last. I think you just might be gravitated towards like um, a spelling bee or a crossword on your phone.
1: Wow. I mean,
0: look, some people think that's harsh, but it's what she does. (laughs) It's what she do, guys.
1: It's funny because I'm about to read this next email from Helen who says, Hi, Dory. Who's the new guy? He sounds like Matt, but he seems about 6.2 million times happier and less stressed than old Matt.
0: Did that not sound like me?
1: Did you lock him in the garage? In all seriousness, I'm super glad that you have started sorting things out, Matt. You sounded so sad and scared last week. I've seen similar with my partner, so I have some understanding, but it's not the same as going through it yourself. Look after yourselves, everybody, physically, mentally, and emotionally. We don't know how much longer this will carry on, but I'm waiting for the day I can safely hug my world. Love to all, Helen. Rattling around my thousand square foot flat in the middle of England, working from home whilst the chap commutes.
0: Helen, Dory, answer Helen's question. Where am I?
1: Well, I gotta say, yes, the Wellbutrin is really helping. How so? You're just like. You're 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 like the 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 happier Matt. Like you don't. What have do you mean? You don't. You're not as like. Dejected all the time.
0: Beaten down by life in the world.
1: Yeah, depressed. <laughs> you don't uh-huh. seem as depressed.
0: Well, that's good.
1: So you're much more pleasant to be around.
0: Uh huh. Do you like how does that manifest itself?
1: You're just nicer usually.
0: <laughs> usually. What do you mean? What do you mean by I'm nicer you? Like okay, so like what is something in the last 2 weeks or week, I guess 2 weeks that that I did where you were like, "Oh, the new Matt doesn't would would this is new Matt, I guess."
1: You like sometime when you like cleaned up just like kind of randomly and cheerfully, and I was like, That's
0: what I always do I always mm, clean up, I always clean up,
1: but no, you don't, honey, yes, dear,
0: you're just finally seeing me,
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> if I didn't clean up, uh uh-huh.
0: our kitchen by now, the the dishes would have spilled into the dining room, okay. <laughs> Guys, I'm still on a fork quest, okay? We have three forks right now. Are they in the dishwasher? I don't know.
1: <laughs> anyway, he's, just, he's, he's more cheerful, which is, makes him nicer to be around. Well, there you go. Um, all right, this next email is from Dave. This is the Matt portion of the podcast, by the oh, way. Oh,
0: let me just play then.
1: Ah, jeez, that is really loud. Please stop. No one wants to hear it, That's it's so loud.
0: you're just just oh my god she's harsh in my mellow guys that better
1: a little bit ah stop
0: (laughs) is that any better wow is that any better
1: you're like a little kid i like give you a compliment and then you have to just like be like (laughs) like
0: hang on i built this guitar guys so
1: okay sorry Can we d- finish a podcast? Would you like me
0: to build you a guitar? Write in to Dory Hates Matt's guitars <laughs> at, at net.
1: All right. Hey, Matt. longtime listener, first-time email. Thanks for being so honest with your weight loss journey. I'm working to lose weight based on concerns from my doctor. I really struggle with stress eating and need to make a change. You inspired me to try the Noom app. I think it is worth my money to try something different that can make a difference. I'm hoping the group support feature will help me stay accountable.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny as I haven't even engaged with the coach or the group support. Um, and I don't know that I will either. I don't know. Okay. I just don't know what to say to them. Uh, okay. I guess I'll just send a link to the pod. <laughs>
1: Thanks to both of you for such a great pod, even for those of us not going through IVF. I love hearing Henry's laughs and cries in the background, so keep them coming. That's Dave in Kansas City, Missouri, in 800 square feet with my wife and adult daughter <coughs> and a senior cat and senior dog.
0: Senior dog?
1: Senior dog. Um, thank you, Dave. That's, that's Dave,
0: thanks. I hope Noom works for you.
1: Very nice.
0: I hope to continue with it probably good that someone writes in about it every week so i'm a little bit accountable
1: yeah hear that everyone
0: (laughs) i'm like you know because i'm outwardly motivated
1: (laughs) he's an obliger everyone
0: i'm obliging
1: um all right anonymous wrote in to say i was a bit concerned by matt's description of glasses fogging at work the glasses fogging is due to airflow out of the top of the mask with a respirator mask like a kn95 there should be a seal
0: first of all you have no idea how hot my face just is no bearing on breath whatsoever. That's the seal
1: around the edge of the mask. So you breathe through the filter, not around the edges. It sounds like you have a poor seal, maybe due in part to a beard.
0: Uh, yeah. I trimmed the beard quite a bit. Did that help? Switched to an N95. Um, yeah, but I'm not, I still don't wear the glasses mm. just because it's like a 50th layer of, of thing on my ear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. I've got the headphones in my ear for listening to the, to the sound. I've got the mask around the ear, then I'm like, then put the glasses around the ear, and then the face, it's like, it's so much. It's a lot. It's a very busy ear.
1: (laughs) All right. Well.
0: It's working OT.
1: Listen. But yeah, so I did
0: trim the beard down, and I got the N95, uh, and I really, like, I got to wear a little high, or like, like here, as opposed to like here. If anyone can see, I'm just, but uh, at the at the you tip know, of my nose, here
1: as opposed to here,
0: like covering both nostrils. But then I really, I actually have to get it up by the bridge of the nose, like above the bridge of the nose, um, and that creates a much better seal. Uh, and then you know, yes, they won't fog up until they've been on my head for long enough that the heat just causes a situation that, oh my god. I'm just thinking back to Thursday. I was so sweaty. Just pouring, pouring sweat. And I'm standing next to camera, feeding lines, and yelling. So it's like you have the double thing of like it's stressful, throwing jokes out there, feeding lines to the actors, and I'm yelling. I have to yell through the mask because you can't. Hear me because you can't like hearing someone through a mask is already hard, and then I think the deeper your voice is, the harder it is for people to hear it mm. through the mask. So it's like, ah. and I was just sweating into my eyes. Ari was like, You've got like a non dry eye gunk on your face, so it's like, Eye booger. He's like, Yeah. Guys, you know, you want some trivia? Head over to Ari's website, Superscript Trivia. He's he's you know he's booking, he's booking. He'll do him over Zoom. If you want to like a get together with friends that are in different parts of the country or in your neighborhood and you're following uh, restrictions, uh, head over to Superscript Trivia and uh, book Ari for a fun. Game. He can throw you guys into breakout rooms once your teams are assigned. Many rounds, he can cater rounds for your event. I don't know why I'm doing commercial for him. (laughs) 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 Good time can be had Uh, by all.
1: All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening, for writing in, for supporting us. Extra special thanks to our Patreon supporters who have been with us through thick and thin and get up to two bonus episodes per month. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you also get your name read on the podcast each month. And there's also a huge back catalog of Patreon episodes that you get when you support us on Patreon. So if you're like, Oh, I really need more Matt and Dory just talking about life. Head on over to Patreon.
0: There you go. Uh, so this is a big old thanks to our supporters who are at the dollar level and above. They get a shout out on the podcast each month. And so we're going to say thank you to Caroline Lamb.
1: Greg Watchorn,
0: Jennifer H.S. Melody
1: Balthazar. Angie
0: James. Tyler Rosewood. Chris Dybel. Abba N. Alan L.
1: Alec Meredith Fletcher and Florence Babbel.
0: Wow. Allison Deanne. Dean? Dean. Yeah.
1: Amanda Fujita.
0: Amanda Lightly. Lighty. Boy, I should put glasses on now. I don't have a mask on.
1: Amy. <laughs>
0: uh, Andy Pavlik.
1: Some Anonymous.
0: Uh, April. Those, oh, also one Anonymous with an exclamation point. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. April Cherry.
1: Ariana Perry.
0: Ashley Lee,
1: Aurora and Zelda.
0: Becca Foster.
1: Ben, a PhD.
0: Brett Jarrett.
1: Britt S. Baker.
0: Brittany Bonanza. Bruno Macias. Carly Moore.
1: Carolyn N. Kathy Hill. Shinami Worth.
0: Christina Smith.
1: Cynthia Meisner.
0: Debbie Meredith, a.k.a. Lex Conan's mom. How you oh doing, hey. Lex? Diana. Diana Robinson
1: Diane M. Martin
0: E. Fast
1: Elizabeth Dorado Emily F. Aaron Gudge Aaron
0: Turley Fallon and Frederick Rois thank you all so much for dealing with uh, me <laughs> uh, and uh, accepting my, my faults all right uh, unlike my flawless wife who has no flaws hmm. apparently
1: interesting all right, It's Thanks all about
0: self care. Do something for yourself.
1: Okay, bye Thank everyone.
0: Thank you, Dory knocked over a candle today cleaning a cutting board. It was wild. A
1: candle that seems you to me left. On I left the it counter. there like a candle <laughs>
0: in the wind. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. <laughs>